0: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is February 8th, 2023, and we've got some news today involving Atlanta United that we're going to get to in just a minute. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to chastise a few Atlanta United supporters for their posts on social media about a couple of different things that's happened with this Atlanta United preseason. And as always, I'm going to take your very well thought out. Questions that you've sent to me on my Twitter at AJC or on my email at at com. I hope you're all having a good day. Before we get into today's big signing, if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right. So it feels like it's taken eight months, but Atlanta United finally confirmed the acquisition today of Yorgos Yakomakis, striker, Greek national from Celtic. He is a big guy. He looks to be a strong guy. Watching videos of him this afternoon. He looks like he's a guy who can hook up well with his teammates, which is something that President Garth Lagerway hinted that they were looking for before they had signed Yakamakas a while ago. If you watch the videos of him with Celtic, you see a lot of one-touch passing into spaces behind defenders for wingers to run onto, which would be perfect. For Luis Arihujo or Derek Etienne, when the season starts February 25th against San Jose at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, he also is a good poacher in the box. A lot of one-touch finishes with his right foot, with his left foot, or his head, if that reminds you a little bit of Joseph Martinez. I think you could say that I wouldn't expect him to be Joseph Martinez, but you do see a lot of skill similarities now, you know, as it happens with strikers, it's just going to come down to desire good luck and putting shots on target. We're going to get to meet him on Friday and I believe it's going to be a virtual interview. So I'm excited about that. It's always fun to meet the new players. We have not had a chance yet to talk with Luis Abram, the center back, the, first of the three acquisitions that manager Gonzalo Pineda has said the team is pursuing. The third is still TBD. Pineda doesn't even want to say what position. He doesn't want to say what player. And we're going to get into some of that with some of your questions in the second segment of this podcast. But you look at the two positions, they filled center back, they filled striker. Those were two positions that needed to be filled because the team only had two experienced center backs in Miles Robinson and Juanjo Parata, and homegrown Noah Cobb, who has a world of potential. Now they've got that striker in Yakamakas. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly he can get on the ground and get going. He should be in shape because the Scottish Premier League has been going on for quite a while now. If you want to read a little bit more about him, you can find it on my story that's posted on AJC.com or on my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. But just to throw out a couple of stats for you about the big greek it's a reported transfer fee of 5.1 million he's 28 years old it's a 4 year contract so i don't think i could be wrong about this but i don't think he could be bought down now because you have to amortize the transfer fee as well as the salary over the length of the contract and it has to be less than just for approximations 1.7 million so he would have to have a pretty small salary And that just doesn't make any sense to me. But there is like a stipulation in the rules that I was reading about before that they can pay part of the transfer fee down with allocation money up front. Atlanta may have tried to pursue that. I don't know. When we talk to Carlos, hopefully on Friday, maybe we'll get some clarification on how that works. So again, Atlanta's next game is going to be Wednesday, or I'm sorry, February 15th against Toluca. It's the game where the new primary kit is unveiled. I'm curious if the uh, one that was leaked a few weeks ago is going to be it. Because I like that kit. So who knows? This today, though, without Yakima, Atlanta United played Cruz Azul, one of the big Mexican powers, to a tie 3-3 at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. It like two goals were scored by Araujo, uh bringing his total to four, I think, this preseason in three games. And Almada with another. They combined on one of Arajujo's goals. We only saw like snippets of video uh, posted by the team. It was a closed friendly, which I don't understand, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, unless Cruz Azul didn't just feel like posting a, a stream. Atlanta United played Atlante on Saturday, and that was supposed to be posted on Facebook Live, and instead, for those of you who tried to watch it on Facebook Live, you saw what appeared to be someone holding up a phone with Facebook video capabilities ongoing, so we could only watch the first three minutes and 35 seconds of the game filmed from about 100 yards away and vertically on our computers. So that didn't really work very well. Uh, that friendly... I think it was uh 3-1, I think. But the two first teams went at each other in two 30-minute segments to start the scre- or the friendly, and that was 1-1. And then the second team gave up three goals. But as manager Gonzalo Paneda explained, Atlante played a really, really weird system, one that I don't think I've ever seen before uh, when it had the ball. Basically, there was nobody in the middle of the pitch, and everyone would flood the wings. So that took the second teamers – probably a while to kind of figure out because you just don't see that too often. It's unbalanced. It's bizarre, but Hey, it's, uh, got them back to back. I think it's a second division titles in Mexico. So you go Atlante. Now I want to get into some things that have kind of gotten into my craw a little bit. And since none of you asked any questions about law and order reruns or how to do yoga incorrectly, both of which I'm an expert at, or how to not use dating apps, which I'm also an expert at. Uh, I want to get into some of this for a second. Some of you have been very, very critical of Brad Guzan, uh, which you know, if you want to, that's fine. It's your right. It doesn't make any sense to me. The three goals against Chattanooga, only one of which you can argue was directly Guzan's fault, and he owned it. He gave up one goal against Atlanta, and it was a. I tweeted that it looked like a mistake by Brad. Rewatching the video and then confirming with Pineda, it was a shot that was hard and swerving and short hopped right in front of him. So I'm assuming it swerved back to Guzan's right instead of his left. So when it deflected, it went to the middle of the pitch. No Atlanta United defenders stayed with their man, their man. So it was an easy tap in for Adelante. If you want to put that on Brad, you can. I don't think that was Guzan's fault. Uh, and any of you that think you can watch that video and tell if he should have done a better job, well, you're just mistaken because that's impossible to do—just impossible. Today, I again, I have no idea how many goals he gave up. I know that Atlante, or I'm sorry, that Cruz Azul, ended with a three-three draw. Don't know how many goals were scored against Guzan—maybe one, maybe two—but have no idea of the context of those goals. And y'all got to keep in mind that the other teams are trying to score too. This isn't like Atlanta United is the best club in the history of soccer and should never be scored upon. The other teams are trying to score. If you want to argue that Guzan should have been better last season, everybody should have been better last season. Go and look at the stats. He didn't do that badly. So, you know, let's just wait and see a little bit before you start trying to uh, end the career of a a U.S. men's national team player. And if he starts playing poorly, I'll be the first to point it out, as I've done with all of them. Atlanta United players when I've thought they played poorly. And if he plays well, I will be among the first to point it out, as I've done with Atlanta United players in the past. The other issue, uh, and this has been curious to me, but Machop Chol started at striker for the second consecutive game. Some of y'all were very critical of Gonzalo Pineda for starting him at striker against Atlante, saying he doesn't know what he's doing and, and all this. This is the preseason. This is when you mess around with things. It's just insane to me that y'all are saying Pineda, some of you are saying Pineda doesn't know what he's doing by starting Cholet striker. Why not try it? It's a perfect time to do so. And so then the argument was, well, they only scored one goal with Chollet Stryker. So Pineda doesn't know what he's doing. Well, they scored three today. So what does that mean? Is he the greatest history in the manager of, or the greatest manager in the history of sports? No, that's Pep Guardiola the guy who can't figure out how to get his team ready after a a four-and-a-half-hour plane trip. No, it's just y'all got to calm down a little bit. This is just the preseason. They're working on things. You'll get a much better idea of how the team is going to play when they go against Toluca on February 15th. You can buy the new kit. Everybody should be happy. It's a home game. It'll be fun. But just calm down a little bit with the criticisms of not just Guzana Pineda, but everybody. Just... It's the preseason. Just let them play. Y'all got to remember, Joseph Martinez didn't score in his first game for Atlanta United. Gerardo Martino didn't win his season opener in 2017 or 18. And things worked out pretty well. Frank DeBoer didn't win his season opener, I don't think, in 2019. And the team won two trophies. So just relax a little bit, okay? Just calm down. Hold your fire. Save the venom because you may need it later. not saying you will, but just relax a little bit. When we come back, we're going to answer some of your questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, Metro News, the Braves, the Falcons, the Bulldogs, the Hawks, Georgia Tech, Georgia State. You name it, we're going to cover it. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com access to our e-paper, which even my parents can use, and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from esteemed colleague Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com podcasts so that you always know what's really going on in our beautiful, beautiful city. Now, on to your questions. These are going to be taken in inverse order as they were asked, starting with direct messages onto my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Friend of the podcast, Henry, says, first question, with the preseason games that have been played so far, what is your biggest concern with this team? Well, Henry, that's a good question. We haven't been able to watch the past two preseason games. The team is scoring goals. So I guess my biggest concern right now is just kind of reaction time by defenders, tracking runners, closing down shooters. The goal scored by Atlante, the guy had plenty of time to shoot. Nobody stepped out on him. So that's got to get fixed. And the team has spent a lot of time on defense, so let's see what happens. Henry continues, when do you think we might get some news on the mystery third signing Panetta talked about? And is it reasonable to assume it'll be a center midfielder? Well, you know, I have no idea on a timeline. They haven't even been tied with anybody. So that's a little interesting to me. I don't know if that means it's an MLS free agent. I don't know if that means it's going to be a homegrown. And if it's going to be a center midfielder, it surely would make sense that it's a center midfielder. But now I'm wondering if it's going to be a striker. Um, just to have a backup to Yorgos. Expecting Machop Chol to be a backup, I think, is a little premature. The fact that Chol is backing up and not Jackson Conway, I don't think bodes well for Conway, but I can be wrong. We'll see. Third question from Henry. Is this the year we have a Luis Araujo breakout season? He's certainly playing well in the preseason. Four goals so far, combining well with teammates. He wants to show that he is an elite player in Major League Soccer. He, like I pointed out with everyone else, did not have a good year last year. If he can just stay involved with his teammates a little bit, use them to help him get down the field, use them to help him get into good shooting spots, pass the ball to them when they're in good shooting spots. He's got all the talent in the world. He, he's got MVP caliber potential. He just got to remember, in my opinion, he's on a team, play like he's on a team. And all those goals and stats, stats are going to start pouring in. Okay, Ren has two questions. First, what should we read into Conway not playing as the starting striker? Is Pineda just experimenting, or do you believe Conway is relegated to the third striker with Choll being second and Yorgos being first? It certainly looks that way, doesn't it? You would think that if Conway were the backup striker that he would be getting those minutes because they're valuable with Tiago Almada and Luis Arjujo, but he's not. So I don't know what that means. He's in the last year of his deal. It doesn't look good, but it could also mean that maybe Nada knows what Conway can do and just wants to give someone else a shot. That might be a little optimistic. Second question from Ren. Since Pineda is trying some different rotations up top, why no rotations in the back specifically keeper? Guzan doesn't seem to be in top form. Again, it's preseason. He's not going to be able to get to top form unless he gets minute in the preseason. So just relax a little bit. Let's see how it does against San Jose, and we'll go from there. Switching to the email, which is droberson at ajc.com for all of you beautiful people out there. Jared says, hey, Doug, and sips coffee. I've already had my afternoon coffee. That's why you're not hearing me sipping coffee right now. Where do you think Atlanta United finishes the season, given what we know so far of the roster? Thanks for your work. Well, thank you, Jared, and I hope you're enjoying your coffee. Well, I'm still not bullish on Atlanta United yet. We need to see how Abram plays. We need to see how Yorgos plays. We need to see if the the mental frailty this team had last season has been stamped out. They do have a mental coach uh, working with the team now. He was with the team in Mexico. So that's interesting. They just can't keep making the same mental mistakes they were making last year. Now, on the flip side of that, when a team is suffering as many injuries as Atlanta United suffered last season, it's kind of natural, I would think, to be a little fragile after a while. It's just... You know, what more could happen kind of a thing. And in Major League Soccer, when you, it's a salary cap league and you don't have probably the depth that other teams around the world, it's you want to say it's plug and play, but it's not really plug and play. After a while, it's just going to wear on you. So anyway, to answer your question, Jared, right now, I think making the playoffs would be a a good feat if these two signings end up starting and and contributing well. The team has the talent to finish top four, but it's got to have a little bit of luck and it's got to stay injury-free. All right. Houston, who I think this is his first time contributing to the podcast, says, How sure are we that Brad will be our keeper this season considering he has given up a large amount of goals this preseason? I think he's going to be your keeper for the season. He's the leader on the field. He's a loud leader on the field. He's a leader in the locker room. And again, it's just preseason. He hasn't played in nine months. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to get reactions back, chemistry back, confidence back. So just just relax. The other keepers are Quentin Westberg and uh, Clement Giop. Uh, If Brad doesn't play well, I think Westberg will be the next to go. And then, last question comes from Kyle, a longtime listener, first-time emailer. I was wondering what your thoughts of Jackson Conway's involvement or lack thereof in preseason has been. Pineda seems to prefer either Chol or Araujo at striker, while everything is being worked out with Yakamakas. Obviously, this was sent in before the team confirmed the acquisition of Yakamakas today. What Pineda has wanted for a long, long, long time are wingers and strikers who will challenge back lines with runs make those sprints spread them out make them stay back just a little bit and joseph just couldn't do that anymore he didn't have it Araujo would do it wouldn't always get the ball Marino wasn't that type of a player on the left etienne is exactly that type of player Arahujo can be that type of player I think it's more than likely you're going to see them moving into the middle thirds and having Lennon on the right and Gootman on the left bombing up those lines with Almeida and maybe who's if he's the center midfielder or Sadich trying to ping passes into those spaces. That's what Pineda wants. We'll see what happens. Kyle continues. Should we be in the market for a depth piece at striker? Since to me, at least Conway doesn't seem to be in Pineda's plans. And it doesn't bode well to me to head into the season with a striker that has never played an MLS minute and an out-of-favor youth prospect. Well, yeah, I think you're on to something. As I mentioned earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if the third signing is a depth piece at striker. I don't know how much allocation money the team has. It's unloaded so, so much Uh, in terms of salaries and things. If it can go out and get one, the more I think about it, the more sense it makes to me. But I've been wrong before. And as Kyle says in his PS, always remember to love and communicate with your loved ones. Thank you, Kyle. All right. That wraps up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. Don't forget Law & Order. It can be found on almost any channel on television during the daytime. Fill up your DVR. Go listen to John Mulaney's comedy bits about Law & Order because they are hilarious. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. If you see me out and about, please say hi. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.